Today's episode of Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing, based in Motorvale on Sydney's Northern Beaches, one of Australia's best craft brewers. Be sure to check the guys out in line or why not visit the brewery. Another round of Shoot Shield action last weekend, round four, four rounds in. The competition's really starting to take shape with some eye-catching performances uh, from our teams and some of our individual stars are starting to really shine. Looking forward to talking about all the action once again with Andrew Swain from Stan Sport and Mark Cashman from Rugby News. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Shootcast. Welcome to Shootcast, our round four wrap. Joining me once again, Andrew Swain from Stan Sport and Mark Cashman from Rugby News. Start with you, Casho. Must still be happy, mate. Northern suburbs still flying high at the top of the shoot shield. Wouldn't exactly say flying high. They uh, they sort of stumbled over the line against South last week. But listen, before we get too far into it, congratulations on that podcast uh, with Craig Morgan from the Western Sydney Two Blues. Very informative, and it's going to be a topic that's going to keep on coming up. So uh, a, a great uh, line in the sand for people to consider things. So, uh, But anyway, Norse got home last week and uh, a few others uh, snuck home too. So uh, well done. Yeah, we'll get into all the action there and uh, appreciate those comments on the pod. An interesting listen on all things Western Sydney rugby for those that are interested in that. Swaney, all happening on the Super Scene, mate. We've got the big GF this week, the Australian Super Rugby final between the Queensland Reds and the ACT Brummies at Suncorp. A full house, mate. Is, is that the word that you're hearing from your cohort of mates a little further yeah. north? I, I think so, Burjo. They're looking at um, – they've sold – they've pre-sold over 30,000 tickets. So um, you wow. think with a few days still to go until the grand final kicks off on Saturday night, we are uh, – in for a pretty full house at Suncorp Stadium. It's the match that everyone wanted. These two sides, they've uh, they've faced off twice this year and given us two classics. Mm. So it's uh, Reds, Brumbies, Rocky, Apollo Creed 3. Um, <laughs> and it's going to be a ripper, I think, up there. We're rolling out all the toys. It's going to be a brilliant coverage on air from 7 p.m., 6.45 on Stan. If you're a Stan subscriber, you get a bit extra. And uh, we're going to build it up big time. And then hopefully the two teams can put on a show for us. Yeah, we're all really looking forward to, to the big final. Talk me through, uh, obviously it's fantastic to see such a big crowd up there. Where, where, where do you put down the success of the Reds and obviously um, their ability to fill a stadium? Because the Brumbies' success hasn't translated back into enough fans going to the stadium. They've got 9,000 there for the semi um, and obviously the finals crowd, although that was a bit of a COVID environment. But seemingly they've come out of their droves. Uh, is, do you put it maybe down to the underperforming Broncos? We picked up a few league fans, mate. That's a little part of it, I would definitely say. Brisbane's very much a uh, – we love to jump on the bandwagon mm. um, sort of a town. Um, and I think the Reds have done a really good job in not only engaging uh, the community in terms of the, the wider – Queensland community because they have um, spent a lot of time out into the country the last couple of years really engaging those fans but also uh, at club level as well the hospitals cup and and um, you know even the the uh, grades lower down and and juniors they, they've just done a really good job at uh, engaging those fans as well over the last couple of years Brad Thorne's mm-hmm. really been 
uh, drilling into them that we're a, we're a club for Queensland uh, with a Queensland red. So yeah, I, I think um, they've done a, they've done a really good job um, doing that, engaging those fans, and then you know when when you start performing as well and winning games, that helps too. And uh, and there's nothing better than a filled SunCorp Stadium. It's literally the best stadium in Australia when it's full. Um, even when it's half full, it's pretty good. So yeah, it'll be a great crowd up there on Saturday night, and uh, and hopefully those two sides can really put on a show reminiscent of the two previous uh, matches we've seen this year. They're really sort of channeling 2011, aren't they? Uh, I noticed that they're uh, they're trotting out the uh, the Fianga brothers this week, and all sorts of other things are sort of happening there. But uh, you are absolutely right about the uh, the emphasis on, on on their club footy, the Hospital Cup. It's been uh, it's been pretty good. And I've, listen, I've got to tip my hat to a guy called Brendan Hurtel, who's one of the uh, the uh, the media guys there at QRU. He's done an absolutely superb job in getting the awareness of the Hospital Cup because that's what produces Reds and uh, that's the way they've gone. So good luck to them. It's uh, It's been a slow burn, but uh, it's about to explode by the sound of things. Big source. Big source yeah. does a really good job there. <laughs> you boys got a tip for me? I sort of thought as close to the other games would be the Brumbies may just get them in the final, but now I feel the Reds may be having a week off. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to back the Reds. Swaney, I reckon you've got a red tip for me too. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Reds as well. I probably wouldn't have a week ago, Burjo, but mm. given the attrition rate from yeah. um, the semi-final between the Force and the Brummies, it was it was quite a bruising encounter that one, and I reckon that might have just taken a bit too much out of the Brummies' tank. Having said that, such a big game experience team this one, and uh, they they know how to win these these really crucial matches. Um, so it, it'll be close, but I do think that having that extra week off is big for the Reds. Mm. Uh, front rowers win, the, win these games, and this is where uh, I think the, uh, the the Reds have have a definite advantage. Probably the best scrummaging front row in Australian rugby at the moment. So uh, listen, Reds for me. Looking at James Slipper in doubt as well um, mm-hmm. for for the Brumbies. That's a big out. So. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'm with the Reds as well, Casho. Let's just hope it's a fantastic match and uh, a good end to Super Rugby A before we get into uh, the Trans-Tasman competition. Very interestingly, a couple of other franchises. We've got two clubs practically without a coach. The Tars are looking to, to narrow down their search and Dave Vessels has parted ways um, down at the Rebels. So uh, we might have to call back some of these coaches that have been impressing at Shoot Shield. What do, what do we think about that, gents? Listen, it's uh, it's very interesting. All of a sudden, they're uh, they're falling in love with Darren Coleman again, mm. and also Stephen Hoyles, and also Adam Fry, the GM of the Giltini. So uh, interesting that they're uh, they're, they're bickering over over, over the uh, the availability of those guys. But uh, mm. you know, like uh, I spoke to uh, DC's brother a, a week or so back, and he said uh, there was no phone call yet to uh, to, to the man over in. Uh, over in LA, but uh, one thing he did say was he's getting a wee bit homesick because the fam's over here and uh, he's working over there. So, uh, listen, coming back home may well be quite attractive, whether it's in Melbourne or Sydney, who knows? Yeah, it's be interesting. He's, he's pretty, obviously, you've got to look at, when you take a coaching appointment on Swaney, you've got to look at 
you know, what the organisation is looking like. And, and it's a brave call to say you definitely want to coach the Tars right now. I mean, and that's a sad thing to say right now, but until uh, they sort of maybe start strengthening some things in the organisation, it mightn't be the most attractive option from where he is in the MLR and, and indeed maybe what's on offer in Melbourne. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, they say, you know, you're buying at the bottom of the market, don't you? And I don't think you can get much um, more bottom of the market at the moment than what the Waratahs have, have got on offer. Have, having said that, you, you've got to start somewhere, don't you? And, yeah, absolutely. But there's another couple of coaches um, who, who have just come back onto the open market as well in Nick Styles and Sean Hedger from Kintetsu up in Japan. They, they were let go from up there um, with a 92% winning record. Wow. So, um, you know, they they are coming back to Australia, you would think, or may stay in Japan if there's other jobs on offer. But um, there are a few coaches out there who could potentially um, land themselves a super rugby job at the moment. Yeah, I've seen. One, one, one of the things with, uh, with the Waratahs job is they're also looking for a general manager of rugby at this point in time. So I, I would imagine a smart coach would like to know who's who he's going to be working, uh, you know, cheek and jowl with as GM of rugby mm. before he actually commits to a, a rebuild job, which the Waratahs obviously is. So mm. that's one of the one of the variables that we've got to consider here, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and it seems like the certainly the New South Wales rugby pu- public is keen to see a coach from within the system, and that would would reflect Shoot Shield. So obviously. Darren Commons, a name that's been uh, bandied around a lot, as has uh, John Menenti. And, you know, maybe Rob Taylor is someone of consideration. Uni are off to a flyer again, and and obviously Taylor's back at the helm. So um, there's some some opportunities there in the professional space, hopefully, for some of our coaches. And be interesting to see how that all starts to develop um, over the next couple of months. Because throw Benny Batcher in, in, into that mob there too, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Well, Let's get on with the footy. Um, round four came and went over the weekend. We might start where I started the uh, the evening off. I want to talk about North's win over South Cashier because, as you said, it wasn't very straightforward. It was quite in the balance up until sort of the last 10 minutes. And, uh, yeah, talk us through your observations from what you saw um, at North Sydney Oval. Oh, listen, I, I wrote for Rugby News earlier this week that it was a, a, a game about scrums, uh, statistics and uh, and damn lies because uh, this was a game that Southern Districts should have won all hands down. They had they had the dominant scrum. They had probably something like 70% of possession, 70% of, uh, of field position, but somehow Norths uh, got home. And, uh, you know, that was probably mainly through some of the good efforts of uh, Angus Sinclair there, uh, they're very experienced and uh, and uh, very handy, uh, so like number ten. But uh, you know, a lot lot of uh, blue cards and yellow cards, and uh, mm. uh, there was a lot of Super Rugby experience in, in the Southern Districts uh, front rows there. So they just wore Norths away. You know, it was always going to happen. They're always going to come at Norths uh, at scrum time, and that's 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 the way it went. But uh, I spoke to Todd Loudon early in the week, and. Uh, you know, listen, there are a few pimples on the bum about the way they went about things. They probably could have kicked for the line and put a bit of pressure there to take best advantage of their dominant scrum. So mm. Todd's very keen to open up a dialogue with the referees about about the about having a strong scrum and the pay that you get from that 
and B about uh, about the advantage line. So uh, you know they're uh, they're feeling or Todd's feeling that uh, uh, teams um, are basically offside. You know mm-hmm. we're, uh, they're uh, they're probably probably taking from the uh, from the Crusaders uh, uh, game plan there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just sort of hang offside until the referees pick you up. But uh, listen, 23-13, Norse will walk away from that. Obviously, uh, a bit of a search uh, this week to uh, to uh, sort out their scrum because uh, they had a blue card, as did Southern Districts. So uh, you know they've, um, they've 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 got to sort those those sort of things out. But uh, Norse, obviously, probably one of the probably one of the best attacking sides uh, in the competition. What they're going to do is uh, is find a scrum. Yeah, I watched obviously uh, the, the match on replay, and uh, Norse attack was fantastic. Couple of brilliant tries. Uh, firstly to Bury um, of some great uh, great lead up play, and then to Turner, who's just got real X factor finishing off uh, at the end of that back line, looking right at home in the red and black. Um, the scrum was really interesting though, and obviously Loudon's calling what he's got is a premiership winning scrum. Um, the the well, the forced move to uncontested scrums, despite playing a man down, worked into Norse favours. I would have thought there, uh, Swaney. Oh, big time! And you'll often find that that does, doesn't it? Um, you know, that's it's the unfortunate byproduct of mm. the blue card and yellow cards in the front row. Um, you know, sometimes that that byproduct where you, you know the scrum having you can have such a weapon of a scrum. And then I saw it last year as well. I'm pretty sure Randwick was in a situation where they were massively under pressure, and then, um, or it might have been Warringah, and they they lost a front rower to the bin and had to go to uncontested scrums, and um, and it ended up turning working into their favour. Um, mm. So it's definitely something that can be exploited. I'm not saying that it was exploited this time around, but it's uh, it's. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a blight on the on the game, a little bit in that respect. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And I think Norse are really relieved about you know getting out of that area and then getting up the field. And then Gary Bortz came on, or he was he was on at that time and made the, yeah, criti- the critical penalty. If you watch the replay, I think uh, the big fella Jack Wetton was just delighted when he saw the arm go up for the penalty to kick the goal because I think he he maybe maybe looked like a bit of a feeling of a little bit of getting out of jail there for Norse. Oh yeah, yeah, very much so. Bouncy came on and uh, and uh, did some some really quality work there, and obviously helped by uh, the scrums going to uh, to sort of like uh, uncontested. But the big talking point afterwards uh, was about the, uh, the 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 way the actual uh, to uh, going to uh, uncontested scrum was sort of managed. You know, there was a mm. there was a lot of confusion at, at the ground. Uh, and it's probably something that uh, the referees and the officiators need to uh, pull up their socks on this one. Yeah, well, we'll have to uh, digress from that one, and we'll, we'll move across to uh, Rat Park, where the Rats have had a big win over uh, the Pirates, forty-seven to twenty-four. This was all about the main man Ben Ma, who had an absolutely fantastic game. Uh, they slotted him in at ten. Uh, it's going to be interesting when Dean Bloor comes back uh, whether they're going to. Retain Mar at ten. I'll push him back to fifteen because I think uh, I, I was with Cash at the start of the year. Maybe having a little wider out was was more his style. But now I've seen him with more more ball in hand. He's um, he's fantastic. Scored a couple of tries, set a couple up. 
Um, just really sound game and a really mature game. And uh, he's looking like a real star in this competition, Kasha. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, I, I spoke to Mike Riven a bit uh, a bit earlier this week, and uh, and and he was saying the uh, the game plan at this stage is is Bloor at uh, at ten and and, and Mar at fifteen. So mm. listen, uh, Bloor will, will obviously come back and uh, and play. He copped a head knock uh, against Southern Districts uh, the week before, but uh, uh, obviously he's still uh, he's still a a, a fly half in. Uh, uh, with training wheels on, and uh, listen, they but they do have that absolutely uh, fantastic fullback position of uh, of Ben Ma. He he was just absolutely dynamic all all, all the way through. But uh, one of the big talking points from that game was the uh, was the send off of Sam Needs by Warringa and and one of the West Harbour back rowers Bahia. So it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night, so. Uh, the boys are pleading their case as we speak, almost. It was a uh, it was a crazy old game, wasn't it? A point a minute for the first sort of half an hour, and then um, and then you've got the two red cards for the for the stink on the far side of the field. It was really quite hard to make out on the uh, on the replay. But you, you, uh, Sam needs what wasn't hard to make out was Sam needs saying to the referee, "You've got the wrong guy." And uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that he did. Um, and uh, and Dylan Sig, who's the uh, former Manly, um, you know, he was a captain, wasn't he, Burjo? Dylan Sig. Oh, come on, mate. You're really throwing shade here. Are you, are you, are you talking <laughs> a, a conspiracy within the ranks of the Referees Association here or what? No, no. In, in, in front of the hill. These are facts. <laughs> I, funnily just, enough, just... I, I ran into Siggy today and I... I'd actually invited him to the Marlins Rats Derby lunch and he hadn't got back to me. And one of the reasons he hadn't got back to me because he needed to appear more impartial to not go to these things. I said, Jesus Christ, you just come and have a glass of wine and a bit of dinner. He's not oh, – look, look, I'm just trying to protect my friend here, mate. I'm sure he's of just course. doing his, he's just doing his he's, job. He's going to be a great referee as well. No, no bones about it. But, um, yeah, the, the – Moment in that game was Ben Mars try, wasn't he? In that second half, where yeah. you know you saw the intensity in his eyes after they scored that try. He did. Um, <laughs> he gave the crazy eyes, didn't he? Oh, he and, did. The um, big double fist pump and the crazy eyes. It was. Um, it's all happening. But I, I think that was it was a good look because you know he's a captain now and um, maybe showing a bit more maturity and that bit of that alpha leadership on the field, which is fantastic to see. Yeah, that was that was the big moment, and that that was really what broke West Harbour in the end. And then that last twenty minutes, they um, really got screwed into the turf. And, and really, like uh, looking back on the, on that incident, I, I I tried to look quite uh, quite closely at it, and really, probably the only thing that Sam Needs could be found guilty of might have been a Chinese bird. <laughs> All right, the word's out. We'll move on before you know we get we get any more accusations here. Bloody ridiculous! Righty, um, Hunter Wildfires eight, Ramwick thirty eight. Hunter's season, I guess they'd probably be a little bit disappointed with where they're at uh, right now, Kasha. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I think uh, I think this is a game where, where they felt they could uh, make some sort of inroads there. Uh, you know, the, you know, they're, uh, they're they're talking about coming together and uh, mm. all the moving parts. You know, starting to relate to each other, but they really need to uh, uh, perform 
at home in front of their home crowd. Uh, teams are travelling up via bus and all those sorts of vagaries. They really need to do it. And listen, it just didn't happen against uh, against uh, against Ramwick there. So uh, yeah, in- interesting next uh, next week. Uh, couple of weeks there um, about how, how the wildfires sort of uh, come together. I'm, listen, I have no doubt I'm under the coaching of Scott Coleman that it's going to happen, but uh, they, they really need to uh, get the socks up and uh, and really sort of rip in. It's um, hard to get a read on Ramick at the moment. They're 2-2. Two and two. Uh, They've accounted for West Harbour. Uh, they lost to Ringer, obviously, uh, then had a, a loss to East, and now they've had a had a win against the wildfires, but sort of hard to tell where Benny McCormack's men are right now, uh, Sweeney. Yeah, I agree with you there, Burjo. You know, there's been a bit of personnel turnover as well in those first few weeks. Um, probably mm. just trying to find his best best combination, really. But, um, you know, I really like Jensen and O'Brien in the centres. I thought they were, you know, O'Brien scoring two tries Yep. Um, on... Saturday, and then you know Jensen's—he's always just in the thick of it, isn't he? He always looks dangerous uh, when yeah, he gets he falling. Yasmin's got absolute gas pace, on the outside. So much pace on the flank, doesn't he, Yasmin? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, they've—they've they've definitely got the talent. They're short, obviously, as a Super Rugby capped scrum half. Um, you know, Starkey at ten. I—I I, I definitely I agree with you though, Burjo. I'm struggling to get a read on them, and it's hard to tell where they're going to sort of end up. At the back end of the season, you know, in this early few rounds, I probably need a couple more weeks yet to see see how they're going. Mm, well, I was at Manly Oval to catch the Marlins match against the Two Blues. The Two Blues, obviously, coming off uh, a very disappointing loss to Penrith after Penrith's first win in seven years, um, certainly got a real uh, response from the Two Blues. I felt they were very aggressive and dynamic um, throughout the match. Manly again, like Ramick are a team. I'm struggling to get my, get my head around where they're sort of at just now. Um, Manly probably after the match were probably a little bit disappointed with the way their attack just just hasn't clicked into gear. Um, but I think after you know a couple of days later they have walked away from the game with five points and a couple of the, the two blues tries were sort of against the run of play towards the end. Um, but the two blues were right in this and they'll be ruining conceding um, on half time there. Um, but they yeah. just they just couldn't keep applying the pressure. And it was the same story last year, as we know, uh, Swaney. They just sort of fell away. And Manly's uh, Manly's driving more was excellent, uh, yielded four tries. Um, so maybe a bit of a weapon. They've got the students this week, so they're going to need every every inch of that. But um, they've got to try and work out how to get this attack into gear because it's just not happening. And the forwards uh, forwards were good, but uh, I think the the backs department's probably letting them down a little bit now in, in terms of shape and structure. And, yeah, just offering more points, I would say. Uh, is uh, is Atwater the best at twelve, or is he best at uh, at ten? Well, I think uh, obviously Sam Lane is injured. Um, he penciled in for a turn against West next week, um, and James Omson's still out with a shoulder. So you've got the two first choice playmakers out there. They've given Ollie Horn a crack, who's more of a natural centre fullback, um, but he's got a good skill set, but uh, it hasn't quite happened. I'm not sure what will happen this week. They may swap them around. Um, have to wait and see when the teams come out. But um, as we know, Harley has played some games at 10, and 
when he, you know, is thrown the deep end, sometimes he, he really delivers. So it'll be an interesting decision for the coaches this week how they do that because they've got to try and fix the attack. And obviously you look at positions like uh, number nine and number 10. Dion Spice had his first starting game uh, for the club. So it went pretty well. But Harry Emery then came on the bench and, and sort of went okay too. So they've obviously got decisions still to make in the halves. But, um, yeah, I think, Given where Manly started the year, that uh, game against Gordon, that uh, ill-fated day, um, to be two and three, um, I don't think things are looking too bad, but they do have a mighty test at uh, university this Saturday. They are known as the uh, the team that spoils Ladies' Day. Did it at Blair uh, <laughs> Oval yeah. and Ladies' Day at Sydney University this weekend. So, yeah. okay. stay yep. tuned. We'll, we'll see. We'll that one. No, I was just <laughs> going to say, the two big moments in this game, as you said, were was the try on half-time to Cecil Hildebrand and then the yellow card just after half-time as well to the two Blues. I think that that really broke them. Um, two tries to the Marlins mm. in that time. Um, and, yeah, that, that was that was all she wrote after that, I think. Then but, there was um, a late, late penalty try and yellow card to a, to a Burgeland, I believe. Yes, yes, there was a <laughs> – and then he came on and scored, didn't he? Uh, no I'm not sure. I was kicking the footy with my young fella behind, behind the sticks. So it's it's on, bloody mate. difficult to watch these games with a five-year-old, I'm telling you. Oh, anyway, anyway, we'll move yeah, on. Actually, Berger, there's, uh, there's been a few uh, Bergerlands in the um, in, in in the news this week with, uh, uh, mate, your old man Bernie being named as, uh, you know, in, in one of those – uh, Manly and Warringah teams of the decade from the 1970s. So uh, well done to uh, loosehead prop uh, Bernie. So, Cash, yeah. I thought you were going to say in the court appearances pages in the paper. So that's, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you finished off with that. That's good. <laughs> Cash, so he played for three decades. So let's hope he got into one side um, at some point. But um, yeah, no, it's good to see the see the big fellow get in there, and uh, that'll that'll be that'll be a good fun lunch. That one, I'm sure. We'll go to uh, Nepan. Um, unfortunately, a pretty typical result here. Penrith zip, Uni 50. Penrith tried dearly to get across the line, just couldn't do it. Uni um, looked like they rested a bit of cattle and um, it was a bit of a training run, unfortunately. But Uni were scoring at a much higher rate than where the score finished up. So Penrith obviously worked their socks off to try and Keep some respect in the scoreline, but at the end of the day, it was 50 to zip and uh, not much else to talk about, eh, Casho? Yeah, it was uh, it, it was one of those games. I um, I actually made a couple of phone calls on uh, on Saturday because I thought uh, Uni probably would have uh, would have probably finished probably further ahead in 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 this one. But uh, uh, well done to Muggo and, uh, and 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 the Penrith boys. They're they're working with limited resources there and. Uh, to keep uni to fifty, I think is probably a uh, mm. a pretty reasonable result. Love to see him score a couple of tries, but uh, that may well come. Mm. Henry Clooney's Ross is uh, playing some really good footy, and he's been a real stalwart for um, the students. But uh, obviously, offering a lot of maturity to that university backline, Swaining. Yeah, absolutely. Just a, a guy who has been around for quite a few years now. Um, you can see that he really adds that experience to, you know, a side that have got a, quite a few young guys in it as well. Um, yeah. You know, that, and, he's, and he's he's all class, isn't he? Um, he is. He's been in and around, been in and around Super Rugby um, over the years, but never quite cracked it. 
Um, mm. But he's, he's definitely a, a, a top-quality first grader. And um, he's, he's, again, he's in the, in the points this week, scored a try. Um, you know, Declan Moore, another double. So, you know, he is absolutely racking him up at the moment. Um, yeah, they've got some, they've got some uh, real class at Sydney Uni at the moment and, uh, and they're just flying really, really solidly. They do. They're four from four. Um, they've had an interesting start, though, in terms of opposition. They've had Hunter, West Harbour and Penrith. They obviously had that cracking game against Eastwood, which was pretty tight. Um, so still... I guess it is round four, and I, I've made comments about hard to tell where a couple of teams are already. I guess it's still hard to tell where really everyone is, but I guess for Uni, probably having played three of the lesser clubs, um, we'll get a better read on um, how much work the competition's got to do because it just seems like uh, with Taylor back at the helm, they're, they're, they're setting up their base, um, they're setting their routine, they're setting their patterns, and they're getting their wins, and we know they're going to get some some heavy artillery towards the back end of the season, Casho. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's it's the old uh, uh, chestnut, really, isn't it? Work hard and get lucky for uh, uni, and that's uh, that's the way they're approaching this season. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we probably uh, we spoke last week about a, a very definite top four. I think that's very much there, and uh, and, and uni are very much part of that uh, that sort of cohort. So. Uh, Listen, they're, uh, they're, they're travelling all right, as you say. Some big dogs have become coming back uh, late in the season. So uh, mm. we'll see, see how that all pans out come finals time. Mm. Now, there was a, another crackerjack match at Wallara, which I feel is one of the grounds that's hosting some of the great games this season. Uh, the home side, though, have gone down. Uh, Eastern Suburbs 28 to Woods 42. Sensational first half. East were, were going really well. Um, scored some fantastic tries. Nick Juice try was it's going to be hard to beat for uh, try of the season. It was like something you saw out of the French sides in the ninety. It was uh, lots of flick passes, lots of support play, and, and under the sticks, uh, Jack Grant was running amok. Um, but Cassio, I believe a a Ben Batcher spray, which is becoming a bit of a recurring theme in the shoot shield. Um, <laughs> Got the got the got the Woodies back up and uh, they overpowered the Beasties and are showing that they're also a, a real title contender this year. The uh, the Woodies. yeah twenty two points in that second half uh, got uh, uh, got the Woodies home in this one. So uh, Michael Isley uh, had had a hat trick of tries and uh, is continuing to show that he's uh, he, he he might be super ready uh, in in, uh, in in some sort of coming seasons. But uh, he's my catchpole front runner, I think. Yeah, obviously uh, not surprising there. But uh, listen, they, uh, they, they, they number ten Tane Edmed uh, sort of did quite well, as did uh, their uh, their number twelve uh, Noki uh, Malufi. Uh, and also uh, Fabian Goodall did some good stuff. And uh, Marky Market, number 15, I'm, I'm not going to have a crack at his second name, but uh, that's uh, that's probably for the uh, the broadcasting types on the podcast. But, uh, all in all, a, a very good result for uh, for Eastwood. But, uh, you know, a, a few alarm bells there, as uh, Batch told me uh, 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 after the game. So very young side. And, and they probably need to manage those sort of situations a bit better than they are at the moment. But, uh, you know, a full competition this year, so they've got some time to sort of settle in and get in into form, out of form and back into form, so to speak. Well, I just yeah, look at the Eastwood side. There's a lot of guys in that team 
and Mark Nwangani Tawasi is one of them. There it is. They're just so hard to get a shoulder on. They're, they're these mm. kind of wiry types of guys that, um, you know, and, and Isley's one of them as well, I reckon. Nox Maluf is just a, a unit, isn't he, in the um, in the midfield. So, like, I, I, yeah, it's they've got this different profile of a looking of a team. You're, you're absolutely right, Virgo. And, um, and, mm. and they, right now they look like proper title contenders, if you ask me. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's going to be interesting how they sort of continue to build, but um, yeah, they just they just look uh, in a really good space with it with, with good squad depth, and they're uh, I'm noticing on their results they're they're having a lot of clean sweeps through the grades, so just a very very strong club, which is nothing new, but um, look like they're really up for it this year. Um, Gordon obviously had the buy, so. Uh, Brian Milrose and, and the boys there would have enjoyed the week off, probably still licking their sores a little bit from the uh, from the big uh, North Shore Derby. Um, if I have a quick look at the uh... actually talking of, talking of Brian, I saw uh, I saw him at North Sydney Oval doing a bit of uh, a bit of spying mm. at the uh, South North game because uh, Gordon plays Souths uh, this coming weekend at uh, at Chatswood Oval and. Uh, he he wasn't surprised that uh, that Norse hit a bit of a flat spot against South. So uh, obviously the old derbies take a bit out of you, as you would know, Burjo. Uh Yeah, well, the higher the grades are a bit more intense. Then the lower grades not so much. So I got that's why I got through so many games. Right? Did, did did Billy have the uh, camo gear on Casho while you were there, or was he uh, was he in plain view? No, no, obviously in plain view. I don't think he had a Gordon shirt on. But uh, listen, he was. Uh, he was sitting it on uh, on Saturday, and uh, and and had a couple of schooners afterwards at the uh, at Percy's across the road. Good to see. You. Good to see. That's what it's all about. Well, we head into uh, round five, and we got some interesting fixtures. We just talked about Gordon and South. That's um, that's a big game, uh, a real big game for South there, Swaney. Yeah, absolutely. This is this. It's I wouldn't say do or die for them yet, but it's you know they need to start getting some uh, some results, don't they? Um, mm. You know they, they they beat Warringah a couple of weeks back, but um, you know they they've been on the end of a couple of um, pretty pretty um, you know tight losses as well. So they've got to get that W column firing. So a big one for them for sure against Gordon. I reckon this week's going to be a real good test for my top four theory um, because we've got Woodies and the Rats. Rats are sitting fourth at the moment, um, but that doesn't come much more of a tougher task than taking on uh, Eastwood at Milner, Kasha. It's going to be uh, interesting there. So uh, Eastwood obviously uh, obviously on a, on a bit of a roll and obviously on, on a bit of notice from uh, from the coach and, uh, you know, the, the Rats, you know, like, you, you could be happy in some ways with that win over West Harbour, but uh, I think uh, I think the coaching staff down there at Rat Park are probably expecting a bit more. They uh, they managed to uh, give some people some exposure who probably wouldn't be in their in in their uh, in in their top fifteen last week against uh, West Harbour just just to. Uh, Give a bit of confidence to the group, so uh, I think they're going to be a bit more steeled uh, than uh, than they were against uh, against Warringah last week. But uh, 
yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting, and obviously a lot depends on uh, on how uh, Sam Needs comes through the old judiciary process. Yeah, that will be interesting. The Beasties are heading out to Orange to take on the two Blues. Great to see uh, the clubs taking the game out to the bush. Uh, West Harbour have given North some headaches in the past. Are we expecting maybe something similar on the weekend, Swaney? Uh, yeah, look, I reckon, you know, West Harbour definitely showed some glimpses against the Rats. Um, mm. No two ways about it. It was pretty tight for for quite a long time in that game. So, look, you know, and, and North's, by all accounts, they got out of jail last week. So, yeah, I, I absolutely think that the West Harbour are capable of creating an upset. Maybe not against North, though. That's mm. that's my only mm. query. I, yeah. I, I really like the look of in this West Harbour team. I mean, Pellegrini, we spoke about him a lot last year, didn't we, Burjo? We did. He's done pretty, he's done pretty well uh, in the first couple of rounds. But their, their um, open side flanker, Nathina, Mm. Um, that's how I think he has caught is. the eye. He's definitely caught the eye. He's he's every time that they've done something highlight worthy, he's been there or thereabouts. So keep an eye on him if you if you're listening and watching. They're, uh, they're, they're a very solid scrum, uh, West Harbour, obviously with Sonny Satawala and uh, Cam Beath, and they're in the in, in, in the front row. And interesting that uh, there's a couple of Leotas uh, spattered through. Throughout the West Harbour teams, including in in their third grade side, the Henderson Shield side, one Trevor Leota of uh, her Manu Samoa fame. So uh, oh, there you go. Interesting times there, but uh, yeah, you you just feel as though uh, Norse have the capacity and the depth. They're obviously going to be missing uh, German Hafeli uh, this sort of like uh, coming weekend, but uh, you know they uh, they. They, they, they should be right, and uh, obviously a guy like James Turner is going to want to uh, have a big game against the old club. Sure he will. Uh, Hunter take on Penrith, the Newcastle sports ground. Hunter, we look to uh, get some points on the board and uh, get moving on the ladder. And uh, at Sydney University, University Ladies Day will take on the Marlins. Any of you boys give the uh, my beloved Marlins a chance here or what? Well, listen, the uh, the Marlins, uh, Berger, went pretty close uh, this time last year, didn't they? Once, uh, once the COVID-affected competition uh, came, kicked back in, 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 into gear. So I can't see any reason why why they're not going to push university all the way. Uh, you know, like it, uh, it, it may be one of those games where, uh, you know, their season kick starts uh, uh, in in. in, in in a positive fashion, but uh, obviously defence has got to work. Uh, you know they've uh, they've got to play field position so like uh, really well and just be uh, just be very good on defence because uh, the transition game that uh, that that Uni have from uh, defence to attack is just absolutely devastating. Mm. The ladies' day spoilers, mate. I'm, I'm, I like it. I like that hoodoo. Casho that you brought up earlier. So yeah, I'll give them a chance just because they're the ladies' day spoilers. Yes, that's right. Rightio. Uh, well, I'll be there. Cash, are you going to get out and watch some footy? Yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just deciding. I might, might even head up to uh, TG Milner and have a look at uh, Eastwood and, uh, and and Moringa. Beautiful. And Swain, you got some official duties this weekend? Yeah, producing the final up in Brizzy. So 
I'll uh, I'll be at um, Balmoral early in the morning to watch the young fella run around for the Mossman Whales, the, the Sharks under sixes. Beautiful. And then uh, and then on the plane to Brizzy. Um, but I'll be watching all of it live on Stan Sport, and I'll be flicking between. And I'm sure. Have you watched that modus operandi um, gear yet, Burjo? Have you watched it at all, or are you you're still wearing it? The what? Sorry. The modus operandi gear, mate. That you you. You keep flogging off, so. Oh, the, um, uh, the beer? Yeah, the beer. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been giving it a bit of a nudge. I've got a couple of cases for you guys, so uh, when I see you next, I'll, I'll make sure I get you some 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 ale to, to would, enjoy. Would you want my breast, Virgo? Yep, send it through. <laughs> but, Swaney, it'll be all about the uh, 4X gold for you, hopefully out of the Super Rugby trophy on Saturday night, I would have thought. Some Milton mangoes on Sunday, uh, Saturday evening sounds like an absolute dream. Out of some silverware, potentially. That would be lovely. Beautiful. Go. Oh, God, you lapse all you Queenslanders, don't you? Really so often. You spend <laughs> half your life down here and all of a sudden you lapse. Don't lie, Casho. In 2011, you were like me, screaming for the Reds to win. And I want to see it again on Saturday. Go the Reds.